the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D podcast on the Radio Misfits podcast network and I'm Nick DeGilio. How are you doing? It's episode 26 coming up on the episode. Eric Childress and Steve Procopi, my two uh, buddies, uh, film critics for many years, uh, part of the Chicago Film Critic uh, Association and uh, we review movies every two weeks. Lots of new movies to talk about uh, this week. Eric and Steve join me and it is movie time. And also, it's Esmeralda time. Esmeralda Leon, my partner, my buddy, uh, joins me every episode. And it is Easter weekend, so uh, we are going to talk about uh, Easter uh, and peeps. I don't know where you stand on peeps, but we're going to talk about peeps and other Easter candies. And uh, I, I've these are there are some of these. I have an article here that I'm going to read with uh, Esmeralda, and uh, she, she and I certainly have our uh, opinions on uh, candies. But I, I, I have an article about some of the most ridiculous and disgusting uh, candies on earth. So we'll talk about that Easter, Easter candy, nasty candy, and uh, things like that. Uh, all coming up right here on the episode of the Nick D podcast. Hey, we would love you to be a part of every episode of the Nick D podcast. Please send us a voicemail message anytime you want with anything you want to say. 773-417-6948. Voicemail messages, 773-417-6948. Or drop us an email with any comments or anything that you want to say about the podcast or anything in general. Send your emails to nickdpodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Jason Skaggs for that wonderful theme that you just heard at the top of the program and all the other themes and music and noises and cool things. It's all done by the great Jason Skaggs. I want to thank Ed and everybody at RadioMisfits.com at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, all of that coming up. I do want to mention very quickly, I want to thank Stephanie Story. Uh, Stephanie is uh, head of PR at the Chicago Humanities Festival, and they held an event the other night uh, that uh, I scored a ticket to through Stephanie, uh, and it was Molly Shannon, uh, an evening with Molly Shannon uh, with Tim Meadows uh, moderating this evening. So not only uh, two amazingly funny, amazingly talented people, but two uh, of my favorite cast members in the history of SNL. In fact, uh, Molly Shannon is my favorite female cast member ever in the history of SNL. I think she's absolutely the best woman cast member that's ever been on SNL. Uh, and I love her. And she's got a new book out called Hello, Molly, which is a memoir. I just received it uh, the other day, and uh, I'm going to start reading it tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. And I went to this event uh, the other night at um, the Harris Theater on uh, Randolph in downtown, and it was amazing. Uh, it was a little bit over an hour. Tim Meadows was the moderator. He, uh, Molly Shannon came out. The place went nuts. I happen to adore Molly Shannon. I love her energy. I love her joy of life. Um, she is just a spectacularly talented woman, and I love her. Oh, wait a minute. Don't get jealous. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Don't get jealous, baby. I know you still love me. 
But anyway, she was amazing. It was an amazing evening, and uh, it, it's been wonderful to watch Molly Shannon uh, getting so much press because she's doing a tour for her book and hearing all the great reviews about her memoir, Hello, Molly. Uh, and I'm, and it was amazing. It was everything that I'd wanted it to be. She talked about all the great characters that she did on SNL, working on movies and working on TV. She and Tim Meadows shared amazing memories of being on that show at the same time in a great cast and talking about specific sketches. It was just a wonderful, wonderful evening put on by the Chicago Humanities Festival. They do a great job. Uh, and I want to thank Stephanie for uh, for helping me out to get that ticket and, and swing that ticket. And also, we were trying to get Molly Shannon on this very podcast uh, before her book came out and before that event in order to plug it. But it didn't work out because her schedule was insane. Uh, she was flying everywhere to do press for the book. But once it uh, once that insanity dies down, there's a real good chance uh, that Molly Shannon is going to be on the podcast. So look for that. The great Molly Shannon. I love her to bits. She's unbelievably funny, created some of the greatest characters in SNL history with Mary Catherine Gallagher and Sally O'Malley and the the crazy woman on Dog Show, uh, 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 Delicious Dish, uh, you know, uh, Helen Madden, the joyologist. Uh, it, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. She is amazing. Been an amazing in movies like You're the Dog and other people for which she won an Independent Spirit Award. She's amazing in that. All the great TV work she's done as recently as The White uh, Lotus. Uh, she's spectacular on every level. And um, I, I hear her book is great. I've been saving it because I'm finishing up a book now and I want to be fresh and I want to dive in head first and just savor every page of it. So my thanks to Stephanie and everybody at Chicago Humanities. Um, and they do amazing work. And we're going to have guests in the future on, on this podcast associated with uh, some of the events that are happening there. But I couldn't say enough. Uh, despite the fact that it was pouring down rain, um, there was like a typhoon in the city. And I came home completely drenched from head to toe. It was still, even though that happened, it was still one of the greatest uh, hours of my life. So uh, Molly Shannon's new book is called Hey Molly. Hopefully we're going to get her on the podcast at some point. But a spectacular night. And if you were there, you know what I mean. So, uh, all right. Hey, Eric. Hey, uh, hey, Steve. Do you like movies? Uh, That's a stupid question. But here, listen to this and then we'll talk movies. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff. that wonderful generic I believe it was the CBS late night movie from the 70s <laughs> or maybe the 330 movie from channel 7 I don't know but it's one of those generic hey it's time to to show a movie uh clips and that's what we play when we talk about movies uh Eric Childress and Steve Procopi who have been friends of mine for many years uh part of the Chicago Film Critics Association of which I am part of as well and uh, uh, they review a bunch of movies. They've been doing it with me for many, many years on my old show. And now here on the podcast, every two weeks we talk movies. Let's say hello to Eric Childress. Eric, hello. Hello, hello. How are you, buddy? I'm doing just fine. Okay. People can read and see and all kinds of stuff. Uh, you got eFilmCritic.com. You got a couple of podcasts going. Get the plugs in there. 
Yeah, uh, the Movie Madness podcast is available uh, wherever you can find podcasts, as well as, uh, which I do frequently with Mr. Steve Procopi, who is here. And uh, the Friendship Dilemma that I do uh, with Morgan Geyer, we talk about films uh, about male and female friendships. All right, cool. So you got that. And then it's Steve Procopi, who writes for Third Coast Reviews. Uh, You can read uh, his stuff there. Uh, regularly and he uh, is a PR dude over at the great music box you can see him hanging out there and uh, let's say hello to uh, Steve Procopio Steve how are you my friend good very good very happy to be here good and uh, uh, I got your plugs right correct yes yes it is third coast review singular but other than that it's review okay third coast review (laughs) so third coast review singular dot com Right. where you can check it out. And you're also hanging out mm-hmm. in the music box where lots of things uh, are happening. Last been there week, a lot in the last week, yeah. Yeah, last <laughs> week was uh, the David Lynch uh, retrospective that Daniel Knox put together. We had Daniel on. What a wonderful interview that was. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard it, but... Um, I, I did asked, listen, yeah. I, I asked him yeah. what the, the seminal movie of his life was, and when he said Mrs. Doubtfire, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> um, so, and it's a great story. If you've not heard it, go back. <laughs> Go back a couple of episodes and listen to Daniel Knox's story. Like, what movie? What was the movie uh, that did it for you? And he's like, well, the one I saw the most in theaters ever was Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) And uh, somehow a guy who programs a David Lynch festival, that doesn't surprise me for some reason. I don't know why. There is nothing normal about Daniel. No, there isn't. He's he's amazing. He is. He was a, he was an incredible guest, and I'm going to have him on, you know, to talk other stuff because he's so talented in other departments. Did you did you happen to see? They just played the the Inland Empire, the new 4K restoration, and which we're actually going to reopen at the Music Box in a few weeks. Um, but he would, the one time David Lynch was at the Music Box was for a premiere of that film, mm-hmm. and Daniel was Daniel was there playing. He played a little bit of music for David Lynch at the organ, not the same organ that's there now. But and he had pictures like there must have been a video of it. And he had stills from it uh, that he posted, um, and he played it. Uh, I think before or after they played Inland Empire, and um, he just you know it's. It's like what it's it's like you said uh, on your on your video, Nick, about how you sometimes watch your Q and A with John Carpenter. I think he does yeah. the same thing with this I, piece of video. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, no, and I know. Lynch is there. Lynch is there, like clapping for him and everything. It's great. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> no, Dan, Daniel's a fascinating dude. It was a great interview. So, yeah. um, and I'm glad it was uh, a, a success. And lots of stuff coming up with the music box. A couple of things of which we are going to talk about during this segment. Uh, but let's get into uh, some of the new movies. We got uh, two movies that open this week. We're going to talk about, and then we'll quickly preview one that opens next week that all three all three of us have seen. And the uh, the review embargo because studios sometimes say, "Hey, you can't talk about the movie until this date or that date," and they call it an embargo. Uh, but that has been lifted. We can talk about the Northman if we want to. Uh, so, and since we're not going to be uh, the, it won't be a new episode in the same week that it opens. We'll quickly uh, preview it here. So. All right, but well, let's start with, uh, I guess, the biggest release today that opens today is the latest in the J.K. Rowling uh, franchise, uh, Fantastic Beasts. And this is called Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. It's the third in the series. Uh, Steve, why don't you... I know, Eric, you haven't seen it yet. Not yet. I just Uh, saw Crimes of Grindelwald this week. Oh, it took you... Yeah, okay. Well, uh, all right. Uh, That's where I'm at. Sorry about that. 
Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Remind me. Remind me what the story is because I yeah. don't remember anything. I don't. I don't remember. Here's the, here's the thing. When we get into the review, Steve, I had for most of this movie, I didn't know. I didn't know what the fuck was going on because I was like, I forgot about. I remember seeing the first one when it first came out, what five years uh-huh. ago or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. I and thinking I was underwhelmed by it, and then I saw like I didn't even see the second one in the theaters. Um, I watched about half of it on cable. Um, so I didn't, so I was like, during this one, I didn't know. I was like, what? I remembered part of it and I was kind of following it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Eric, I just was like, what? You know, so, uh, so the Fantastic Beasts, um, is now the latest in that the world of wizarding world of, of JK Rowling. Um, Eric, t- t- or I'm sorry, uh, Steve, take a crack at what the, what the quickly, what the plot is. It's easy. Cause I'm not even going to go into the plot. It, it's okay. basically like it, it. I've never read any of the Harry Potter books or any of the materials that feed into these fantastic beast stories. So I have no skin in this game outside of the movies. And I, I remember really liking and being able to follow the Harry Potter films. And I not, not as much with these new films, although it's mostly just because I don't care and I've never really been pulled in. Now, that being said, I think this is the best one of the three, um, which is, which is all relative of course. But um, so these are the, the, the adventures of Newt Scamander, played by Eddie Redmayne, uh, who was basically, I felt like he was sidelined in the second film, but he's sort of back front and center here. Um, we have another new actor playing uh, Grindelwald. Uh, each movie they have gone with a different actor, although I don't think it was necessarily by choice. But uh, this time around, it's, again, the best of, I think, the three Grindelwalds. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen plays him, taking over for Johnny Depp in the last one. Who, who, play, um, who think, played him? In, who played him in the first one? Well, Colin Farrell, but he was oh, he had a different name. Oh, different right. Name. Okay, so it was that's yeah. who. Okay, I knew Colin Farrell was in it. I'd forgotten. I forgot that he played. And he like, pulls his mask off at the end of the first one, and it's Johnny Depp. So, oh, right. Oh, um, okay. I forgot all that, and I should remember that since Colin Farrell is like one of my favorite people in the world. But that's yeah. how that's how much that movie had a memory. That's that's how much <laughs> that's I remember much that it, movie. That's one how much of my it neutered him. Yeah, that's how much it, that's <laughs> yeah. how much I forget that movie. One of my favorite actors in the world was in it and I kind of forgot. So yeah. And right. that was and, and that was 2016. They actually the audience the screening we went to actually cheered when Johnny Depp was revealed <laughs> at the end of that movie. Did they really? Little, oh yeah. <laughs> Little did they know. All right. I'm not sure what we know yet. Anyway, so That's true. Um so so okay, so like I said, they they kind of sidelined Newt in the second film to make room for like these big actors like Johnny Depp and Zoe Kravitz and uh, and then Jude Law brought in as the young Albus Dumbledore. So like so they're kind of digging like too deep into this story of the third film seems kind of fruitless. But basically it comes down to Grindelwald is now wants to not only take over the wizarding world, but he wants to basically eliminate all humans slash muggles. Um and Dumbledore sort of has to gather this weird little group of outsider wizards to um, to tackle that and to deal with that and to stop him from taking over. There's like some weird little creature that that Grindelwald kidnaps at the beginning of the movie that somehow plays a part in selecting the new head of the wizards. And I, I don't understand that at all. Um, <laughs> but apparently this creature had a twin that nobody knew about. So that that thing could potentially stop it so they have to protect it the one person who i felt the best for in this movie was Catherine waterston who apparently just decided to sit this one out yeah she is she is glimpsed briefly toward the end we were told she's sort of heading up the american wizards but she really only shows up in any substantial way at the very end um 
so so and so it's just we we meet like Newt's brother comes back. We meet Dumbledore's brother. The person who's sort of sidelined in this film is the character that um, oh I just lost his name. Um, boom 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 boom. Which uh, character? Fogler. No 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 no. The the, the yeah, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller's character. Um, who we I guess we were supposed to know was a Dumbledore of some sort. Um, and so we basically we spend the whole movie trying to figure out if he's going to break good or break bad. And actually, that's kind of a th- that's kind of a running theme of this movie is the plot doesn't really matter because it all all these all these things kind of hinge on whether certain characters decide to go good or go bad at certain points in the film. That's not very dramatic. It's just somebody making a decision. There's no like influences happening. They just sort of we just wait and see. It's it's really redundant and. And kind of lame. Um, this is a series, all this whole Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts thing is a series that like is basically like if it ain't bro- if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they've had the same uh director for for the last what four Harry Potter movies? Yeah. All mm-hmm. three of yeah. these movies, David Yates. And then yeah, yeah. now this time though, they even brought back um Stephen uh Cloves, who wrote or had a hand in writing all the Harry Potter movies. He did not write the first two Fantastic Beast movies. And I and I notice he has a he has a co-writing credit with Rowling, except that then there's another credit that says based on a screenplay by J.K. Rowling, which makes it me think they took it away from her. He rewrote it. And I think that's a large I didn't know that going in. I didn't know it watching the movie, but I think that that's a huge reason why it turned out, I think, a little bit better. Um so there's nothing like I wouldn't say inherently wrong or bad about this film. Um, I think Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen are, are actually very good here. Um, there are there are moments where I think it gets gets a lot right, um, but most of the characters are still severely underwritten. There's too many of them, and and, and they're put into situations where we kind of need to care about them in order for the film to work. Um, this is supposed to be the third of five films. But it really feels like the end of this. And if they don't come, and I know they're contemplating whether just stopping here, I think that's probably a wise decision. Um, I don't think it's going to get any better than this, and it's not that great now. So, um, so yeah, that's that's about where I where I land on the secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, well, unlike you, Steve, I've read every Harry Potter book, uh, <laughs> a, a, a few of them more than once. Um, I am a big fan of most of the films in that series. Uh, my favorite of which is directed by Alfonso Cuarón, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think it's a great series. I really do. Now, having said that, I, you know, like having read all of her stuff and and having read the Potter books and really liked them and loved the characters, and I was one of those, you know, like there was an electricity in the air. I went to the to the to the uh, first screening ever of the first Harry Potter movie. It was at the McClure Court on a Sunday, mm-hmm. um, on a Sunday morning, and the theater was packed, and uh, there was electricity in the air because obviously it was the first Harry Potter movie, and everybody was beside themselves. And we all, even though Christopher Columbus directed, Chris Columbus directed it, uh, <laughs> it, it turned out to be pretty great. And uh, and I'll, I'll always remember that day because uh, I I ran into Harold Ramis and talked to him after the screening. 
So that's the that's what that's my takeaway is that I talked to Harold Ramis after, after and told him how, <laughs> and told him how much I loved uh, Stewart saved his family. That was like my that was that was the thing that I take away from that. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, and I, I I I really love the Harry Potter movies. I love the characters. I don't I don't I can't get into this stuff. I, this Fantastic Beast stuff at all. Um, and you know, I was talking. You know, our our our. our our friend and uh, you guys, uh, you're uh, one of the contributors and hosts at the Chicago Film Critics Awards. Uh, Colin Suter was at the screening that I saw uh, earlier this week. And so we caught up, hadn't seen him in a while. We caught up a little bit and we were talking about it. And afterwards, he also was kind of, you know, mixed about it. I think he liked it a little bit more than I did. But he was like, ah, you know, it's different. You know, I, there's something about these movies as told through the eyes of kids, you know, mm-hmm. and as they grow up, you know, from little kids to adolescents. And there's something about this magic that's told through the eyes of kids that makes it better. And that's a legitimate argument. But it also, uh, I don't care how old the characters are. If they're uninteresting, dull <laughs> characters, uh, I don't care what, how old they are. They could be 15. They could be 40. And in this case, they're adults and they're boring. Like all of these characters, I don't, Eddie Redmayne does nothing for me uh, in most movies, quite frankly. But in these movies, I don't care about the Newt character. I want to slap him. I, I don't care. Um, uh, all the other, you know, the, the wacky characters that they put together um, in this movie, that Dan Fogler drives me nuts. Uh, 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 Notice as, I didn't mention him. Yeah, uh, he drives me nuts. And he's like sort of the wacky American comic relief um, in it. Uh, a lot of the other characters, the only character and the only actor, uh, I should say actress in the movie, that to me has any gravitas whatsoever uh, is Jessica Williams who plays Lally Hicks in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's terrific. She's the be- I think she's the best act, best performance in the movie. I think she's a new character. I don't remember her being in the other one and a half that I saw. I think she's new. <laughs> so this addition is the best thing they've done to the movie outside of Mads Mikkelsen, who is always great, but in a <laughs> terribly underwritten role. The best scene in this movie, Steve. See if you agree with me on this. The best scene in this movie for me is the opening scene. The opening is the best. Yeah, for sure. It's a great, sure. I mean, it's a great <laughs> setup. Just, and it's yeah. just Mads Mikkelsen and, um, and, Jude, um, Law. and yeah. Jude Law in a restaurant. And it's yeah. like beautifully done. It's paced well. I think Cloves wrote it. That would be my guess. And it's yeah. this beautiful setup. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a duel. This is going to be exciting. These two dudes going you know, going at it, one-time friends and all that. It's all set up in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And oh, then it's, no- it's more than friends, Nick. It's more yeah. than friends. Oh, yes, it, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. That's right. That's right. But that's Much- why it's great because it's a busted relationship. That's yeah. why it's yeah. really and, personal. Yeah. And that and that setup, and that setup is like, man, and nothing equals it. For the next yeah. two hours and 10 minutes, nothing equals two guys sitting at a table talking. And that should say something about a special effects driven magical, you know, adventure movie with the best scene being two actors, two great actors just sitting at a table talking. Um, And it never gets beyond that. Um, uh, Again, I like you, Steve. I don't know what the fuck these creatures are that can they they bow to you. They they, you know, they bow to you and now you're king of the wizards. I don't know what I had no idea. There is some sort of like weird sort of Nazi uh, thing happening in it. There's Mm -hmm. a. uh, they, they, and then, you know, like there are, there are special effects sequences. There are a couple of cool scenes. Like there's a scene where uh, they have these uh, suitcases 
uh, in this village, and each oh, each yeah. person each person has a duplicate suitcase, trying to fool the bad guys into think because they want whatever's in this suitcase. And so there's this scene where they're trying to fool, everybody's got a duplicate suitcase, and it's about being you know. And that scene is well done. It's it's you know it's kind of fun. The battles, um, you know, between especially as I mentioned before, uh, Jessica Williams, um, and, and uh, whoever she's with, the guy who played uh, uh, his brother. Uh, what's his name's brother? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, but they have a couple of nice battles in that, and that's well done. But then the climax, not to give anything away, but the climax is just the two guys who were much more exciting sitting at a table just kind of pointing shit at each other. That's the climax of the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know, so uh, to say I was underwhelmed is, a, is, is you know, an understatement. Um, I don't, these movies just don't do it for me. I, the, I, I, like I said, I thought the first one was eh, whatever. Uh, I, I didn't even see the second one in the theater. I watched half of it. And during this one, I was underwhelmed for almost all of it. And um, and after a phenomenal uh, opening sequence, uh, nothing really exciting. And the, I'll tell you something. The crowd I saw it with, and it was packed. It was in IMAX. And they, did, they, you know, they filled the whole place up with people. Um, they seemed pretty underwhelmed, too. And so based on the crowd reaction, um, as you were saying, Steve, I think it would be best if they just stopped. <laughs> So. I will say the crowd, I, I went to a fan screening. Oh, yeah. So okay. it was everybody but the press was dressed up as something. So yeah. they were a little more enthusiastic, but still not as much as you might think for like diehard fans. So. I agree. I agree. Now, I didn't, <laughs> and that was the feeling that I got. I got, feel, I got the feeling that, you know, like I, and, and I, listen, I guess I'm a diehard considering I've read all the books and I, <laughs> and, and reread a couple. And really, did you go in costume? Did you uh, go to the screening in costume? <laughs> I did <laughs> not. <the> only... <laughs> I did not. Okay. Unless you know, unless a, a Mad Max T-shirt is costume, I don't. Uh, I did not. So, all right. So, Eric, I know that you're 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 seeing. Oh, wait, you're seeing it now. Right now, you're watching. I, I'm seeing it right now. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we'll get your thoughts on it. But you were yeah. you were not impressed with the first one or the second one, right? I you know I remember kind of enjoying the first one. I thought it was it was, it was kind of cute and neat and, and things and whatnot. It was an interesting, uh, maybe not interesting is the right word, but I, 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 I went along with the, for the ride, yeah. shall we say. And then the second one everyone said was crap. So I just, I'm like, I'll fine, I'll catch up with this some other day, which I literally just did probably like in the last 24 hours. And uh, I, I mean, that movie is just a screenplay in search of a plot. Uh, that that second film. I mean, nothing happens. There's like four subplots that have to get revealed before anything starts happening in that movie. Yeah. And I I just did not care about any of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I uh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not real good. It'd be interesting. I'm I'm really interested to see how how it goes over with uh you know with the mass audience. You know, um, because you know, in addition to it being the third in a series that has not been as nearly in terms of quality as good as the, 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 the Potter, the Potter film franchise. Uh, but also I really am interested because of, you know, who is not going to movies anymore. And, mm. you know, the movie going experience has literally changed since the last one came out. So I'm just curious as to see how it goes on every level. So anyway, that's I, out now. Yeah. It should be I on think, HBO max in like a month. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think Sonic two is actually going to beat it this weekend. I wouldn't oh. be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That, yeah, we're not going to get into that. I haven't seen that one. I've actually right. I, I realized that it was going to fall in between podcast recordings. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to skip that one. 
Um, so anyway. I wish you told me that before. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you've got so many outlets as it going already, Steve. Uh, so yeah. anyway. All right. Uh, okay. Another major one uh, has opened uh, this weekend, and that is uh, Mark Wahlberg's latest. Uh, and in the latest of a series of movies where Mel Gibson's going to play his dad, um, <laughs> is for, from what I can gather, this is Father Stew, based on a true story. All three of us have seen this one. Eric, yeah. take a crack at uh, trying to tell the people about Father Stew. Uh, speaking of Stuart saves his family. Um, so yeah, here we go. Don't even, man. Don't. Well, don't. I, I, I don't mean the, no disrespect. I know. I know. Just, I got I'm, you. All right. I know. Stuart I can understand why you're saying that. I can understand why you're saying that because there are yes. some similarities. But uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Bury the lead. Stuart saves his family is a much better movie. But yes, anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, in this this film is uh, it's based on a, it's a true story of Stuart Long, uh, played by Mark Wahlberg, who was an amateur boxer who uh, did did fairly well, but the doctor said that, you know, if he continues to do it, things are not going to go well for him. So he ends up stopping, and the next career path he thinks might be for him is to head out west and try to be an actor. Uh, much of the chagrin of his mother, played by Jackie Weaver, who doesn't think he has any kind of skills to be an actor, but he's, he's a very, very confident chap uh, and ends up, going out that way uh, where actually his father played by Mel Gibson uh, works as a construction worker or something yeah. like that. He drives and, a uh, thing. He drives, he drives a thing. He, he drives a thing basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and the, the relationship is fractured. Uh, uh, Stuart had a uh, young, a brother uh, who at the age of six uh, passed away. Which uh, fractured up the the, right. the marriage and the family. Whereas, whereas in uh, Stuart saves his family, Vincent D'Onofrio lives. Yes, he so does. That's, yes, he <laughs> yeah, does. <laughs> yes, as we're comparing these two movies, right? Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so as well, when we're trying to get work as an actor, he ends up taking a job as a butcher in a in a, in a, 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 a grocery store and sees a woman played by uh, Teresa Ruiz. Uh, who he just is immediately smitten with and more or less just stalks her all the way to uh, her local church where she presides over uh, some some uh, gatherings of the congregation and whatnot and talks his way into there and attends, attends a service. And uh, next thing you know, he's starting to get a, a taste for you know what is going on there. And uh, as he the romance does uh, progress... Uh, he also ends up getting into a pretty horrific uh, motorcycle accident and uh, leads him to pursue the the, the, the faith uh, a little more uh, in, intently and uh, ends up uh, becoming uh, or, or, or jo- wanting to join the priesthood, right. uh, <laughs> uh, much to uh, the, not, not chagrin, but uh, the Monsignor, Local Monsignor, played by, and this shocked me, Malcolm McDowell. Almost fell out of my, almost, honest to God, almost fell out of my seat. I I had no idea he was in the movie. When he showed up, I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, But, and Stewart doesn't exactly fit all the qualifications for priesthood, but uh, he goes through the the training, and there are a couple other uh, younger uh, guys that are uh, looking into the priesthood. One of them befriends him the other one looks down upon him and uh the, the movie charts his rise you know into becoming uh eventually a priest 
Uh, but there is uh, another medical uh, tragedy uh, that comes down the road for him that really sort of sets up basically the, the last third of the movie. Uh, and something that I did not know about this true story either. Uh, so, and this is, I don't know, I, I can't keep track of Wahlberg's resume at this point, but he, he just did Joe Bell last mm-hmm. year, which I thought was a absolutely horrific uh, biopic film uh, where he, you know, he seems to be going for, you know, Oscar treatment and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and this movie, it, you really get that sense. And, and that, be, but that being said, the movie itself was not as horrific as I was expecting it to be. There are elements of it. Really? That, yes, honestly, <laughs> okay. Okay. honestly. Uh, and, <laughs> And, and, but, but when I go going through, I mean, this is, you know, being described as a faith-based movie and it's obviously the, the people that I saw it with at a matinee the other day was, you could tell it was a very like church crowd. Like they all went together to go see this movie. Yeah. And and weren't too shocked by the R-rated language that's uh, that's done throughout the film. Uh, I I mean I actually think Wahlberg is actually pretty good in this film. Uh, particularly I, I though I kind of prefer him in the pre-priest scenes than I do uh, when he's actually uh, getting himself really involved in in the priesthood. Uh, I think Mel Gibson is actually good in the film. Which, and I mean again G- Gibson's all his issues are there, but just in the course of a lot of these movies, he he tends to bring it regularly, and I think he's good in the movie. I think that there's maybe uh, a scene or a moment missing to sort of give him the full arc that uh, that character needs. Uh, but but the problem with with this movie, with with so many movies that deal with this type of subject matter, is that the the films never seem to get to the point where you understand why these people are, get so involved in the in Catholicism, particularly late in life. I, I, I've always said that I'm always very weary about people who become Catholic late in life. It's usually, you've usually screwed up something so badly that you have to, that you have nowhere else to turn. And that's, that there's ad, admirability in, in things like that. But sometimes you wonder if there, if there are ulterior motives for that as well. And usually those people tend to, preach to not, not even just the converted but they're, they're they're always there's an agenda there a, a lot and that's what i kind of see in this film uh I, I didn't quite understand what the agenda was other than he was just sweet on this woman and that he had no other direction and i don't know if he was really really doing it for himself did he have nowhere else to turn? Was he trying to save his family in some manner? Uh, because when he finally does make that final turn into becoming a full-on priest, all basically it comes down to is we see a line of people showing up to, you know, do confession with him. That's it. And, you know, he gives a couple sermons and stuff like that, but you can get that on a Joel Osteen every Sunday. So I don't really, I mean, the only motivation that I see in that character is the fact that Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg wanted to play him so he could maybe get an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're the, 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 the stuff not involving the priesthood, which is about maybe a third of maybe a half of the movie, uh, I, I think is, is not bad. Uh, but when it gets into what the film is ultimately about, I don't think the film makes that uh, turn successfully. Okay. Steve? Um, I'm about where Eric is. I might have liked it a tiny bit more. Um, 
I think the motivations are all here. It's the motorcycle accident. He didn't think he was going to survive that. He came out of that and thought, you know what? I'm not going to well, waste this opportunity. Well, it's not only that. He got a personal visit from the Virgin Mary. Right, right. Oh, so don't, don't even get it started. This, <laughs> yeah, was the, yeah. this was the turning point, and and, and it was – and. I mean, I appreciate that. It's a, it's like an and, and yes, it started out because he was like a horny guy trying to get with this church girl. But I mean, the decision he makes isn't to become a Catholic. The decision he makes is to become a priest, which means he can't be with this girl anymore. So it's like a legitimate change in his life. That, that doesn't make it a good movie. Um, I, I will say, though, that like, you know, and again, I, I saw this movie with it was me and someone from RogerEbert.com, and the, everybody else in it was a faith-based journalist. So they were a little bit stunned, I think, by the language. And this is like a decidedly R-rated movie, mostly for language. They don't pull any of that. Yeah. And even when he becomes a priest or is a priest in training, he's still using the language. He's still like he – that was kind of part of his thing. And what made him stand out was the guy had a personality. He had a, a, a charm. Um, he was able to be very persuasive, usually for bad reasons in his life. But then he said, well, let's let's apply that to I mean, there's a scene of him going to a, it's a prison, I think. And the, 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 the one guy who's more of a straight laced priest in training tries to do, give a sermon and he just bombs. And then Stu comes in and like starts swearing. And it's like, hey, I've been where you've been. And and he kind of connects with him. It's it's I think it's a I think it's a pretty decent scene and it kind of sums up what this movie is about. Um I I will say I we didn't mention the writer director of this film is a woman named Rosalind Ross, who just happens to be Mel Gibson's significant other. Yep. And um and I I mean I think at least with the screenplay, I think she did a pretty solid job. I'm not I didn't I wasn't really paying attention to how she directed it. I don't think it's anything special about the way she directed it but and i and i agree with eric i think gibson is good i think Wahlberg is pretty good and i think the scenes between them in particular are very good um there, there's a, a confrontation in his in gibson's uh like trailer that is is pretty nasty and like and he, he gets about as about as horrible as a person or especially a father can get uh with this guy so um yeah i mean it, it's that being said, like, I don't, I don't feel like, and I definitely don't feel that Mark Wahlberg thinks he's getting an Oscar nomination for this. I don't think he's that dumb, but, um, but I do think like it, it is uh, entertaining to a certain degree. It's not necessarily, it's interesting without being as inspirational. I think that's what it's trying to be, but I, I didn't get inspiration from it, but I did find it interesting because I didn't, this guy apparently was not, this isn't like some story that, um, that like faith-based people. Oh yeah, it's my phone is ringing. Okay, hold on a second. Can you get that, uh, Steve? Hold on, I'm just gonna dismiss it. There we go. Okay, sorry. Um, well, I mean, the sound is off, so I don't. I didn't know you could hear it. Okay, anyway. So yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure who he's going for with this movie. Although having the guy in it who made the most popular, it's I think it's still the most popular R-rated movie ever made, which was also faith-based, um, is probably a good call. So. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I was not dismissing this film as, as I'm guessing a lot of people are going to do. I, I thought it had some things in it that I liked. It's not that great. It's still just like a two-star movie for me, but, um, but I, there's, there's pockets here that I was, I would, it's way too long. I will say that it is way too long. 
um, which is discouraging. But and, and there are very you could easily cut out like 30 minutes of this movie and not lose a damn thing. So that's my biggest criticism of it. Okay. So I, hate, I hated it. I, it was, <laughs> for, for me, it was pure torture. I thought it was absolute torture. Uh, everything about this movie seems uh, forced. Uh, all the dialogue, not there's not a, one naturalistic moment of dialogue in this movie, especially in the first uh, in the first half of the movie when he's uh, uh, an asshole, womanizing, you know, uh, alcoholic. None of that stuff rings true. Uh, none of it. And the dialogue between him and Jackie. Uh, 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 why am I blanking on her last name? Weaver. Uh, Weaver. Jackie Weaver, who plays his mother uh, in this. Was she, was she his mother in the fighter or am I nuts? Was he, was that was Melissa Leo, right? Okay, well, who played, who was, wasn't she in the fighter, or am I just getting everything confused now? I think I'm getting everything confused. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, none of that stuff rings true. The dialogue seems forced. It doesn't seem to be written or performed by humans in any regard. Uh, a lot of the stuff uh, that is dealt with on the level of alcoholism is complete bullshit uh, in the movie, and I found kind of, you know, deeply offensive. Um, and, uh, none of it seemed real. Uh, and it seemed like, uh, anything that they were attempting to do that would be grounded in any kind of reality they stole from other movies, particularly the fucking wrestler. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that this woman who made this movie watched the wrestler, especially during the goddamn, uh, you know, deli sequences, uh, in this movie. That yeah, are, yeah. I, when I was watching it, I was like, well, okay, clearly you've watched the wrestler. Congratulations on making a movie that is, a, that is not the wrestler. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole, uh, the whole accident, the visit by Virgin Mary and all this other stuff, uh, the whole, like, and, and again, it seems like, to me, it seems like an ego driven project for Mark Wahlberg. And I, and I don't think that he thinks he's going to get an Oscar nomination, but he's certainly trying, uh, you know, from, from the point where like he gets to do all kinds of oscar things, like he gets to play an alcoholic, he gets to have redemption, he gets to, uh, you know, not only survive an unbelievable accident and recover from that, but also get a disease. So all of the movie of the week things that you get. You know, he gets to wear a fat suit and he gets to, you know, he gets to wear, he has to, he gets to use a wheelchair. All the stuff that you use, uh, you know, as a crutch in order to get, oh, this is an amazing, you know, great performance. He does in this movie. None of it seems honest. I thought the stuff between him and Mel Gibson was ridiculous. Mel Gibson was just doing the kind of stuff that Mel Gibson can do. Uh, here are a bunch of shots, close-up shots of Mel Gibson smoking and drinking you know, and like looking off into the camera. There's a lot of that in this movie. There's a ridiculous scene in a bar where a guy drinking water sits down. Where's he from? Sits down next to Father Stew or Stew at this point, you know, and gives him advice. But then he disappears. Was he like the Virgin Mary? All this other shit. Um, uh, I just think it is so incredibly poorly written, poorly directed. I, it's a, I just think it's a terrible movie. And, uh, and I know they show footage of the real guy at the end, and maybe some people will find that inspirational, not to take away from, you know, this guy's life or whatever. If, this, if he chose the path to go hey, down. If, yeah. Oh. Are Sorry, you there? You totally disconnected. Okay. Yeah. okay. Can you hear I me now? Okay. okay. All right. So, any, you know, they show real footage of the guy at the end, and, and, and if people find that inspirational, his story inspirational, that's cool. And if that makes you feel good, that's cool. I could not wait for this falsely written and directed and terribly acted movie to end. I pretty much hated everything about it. So, uh, anyway, so that's Father <laughs> Stu. Uh, uh, an, an okay review from Steve, a kind of okay review from Eric, and uh, I hated it. So there you go. All right. Happy hey, Easter, uh, motherfuckers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear. 
Happy Easter, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. So uh, always uh, lots of great stuff happening at uh, the Music Box. Uh, but this week in particular, starting tonight, um, John Carpenter's The Thing celebrating its 40th anniversary. Uh, you guys over at the Music Box, Steve, have a... a, a a, rest- a restoration, a 4K restoration of it that you're showing mm-hmm. on. It was originally supposed to just be for midnight shows, but you guys are actually going to do it for a full right. week of late, a full week of late night shows starting tonight, 945 mm-hmm. uh, or 930. And then the midnight show begins and you guys will be doing it for the full week. Uh, and so mm-hmm. uh, again, I will be pitching a tent uh, for in both ways. <laughs> In both ways, uh, because of the yes. things there. Um, so I can't wait to see it. Obviously, you know, uh, an incredible movie, and it is playing for the full week. And uh, Steve, this this is it starts tonight, and you guys are running it for the for the full week. John Carpenter's the thing, correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I wish I was in town to see it because I mean, although I was, so the last time I saw it was a at the music box. It was a fairly crunchy but still very watchable seventy millimeter print. So right. Um, so yeah, we, we love we love that movie deeply. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, uh, but before uh, that, uh, playing uh, during the week, opening uh, tonight as well is this crazy little horror film that you guys both saw um, at a Sundance Festival a couple of years ago, and it's called "We're All Going to the World's Fair." So very quickly, uh, Steve, tell us about "We're All Going to the World's Fair." I mean, it's it's it weirdly it's not that it's it's sort of structured. At least initially, like eighth grade, it's about a, a young girl who is on her computer all the time. Although she, she tends to visit these sites that have these weird stories, like creepy pasta sort of stories. Yeah. You know, fan hold on, Steve. Stuff. Steve, you're uh, Steve. You're Steve. Yeah. You're you're breaking up. Can you hold the phone away from you Am a I? little bit? Yeah, you're breaking not, up. It's not, it's, it did, I haven't touched the phone. Okay, hold on. Okay. Can you hear me better? I, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what's going on. We might have to reconnect with uh, Steve. I'm not sure. But okay. go ahead. Try again. All right. So so anyway, she. She's visiting these creepy sites, and she she finds one called I don't I think it's I don't know if it's called World's Fair or but you have to say I want to go to the World's Fair like three times, and then do your computer camera, and then you like prick your finger and draw some blood and smear on the screen, and then you play this video, and it's very strange. It's sort of about this very shy and isolated yeah. teenager who is played by Anna. okay. Stop, um, Steve, Steve, okay, Steve, wait. you're you're breaking yeah, yeah. up too much. Yeah, well, you're breaking up too much. What really? we might have to do okay. is uh, I can, uh, let's. I can did, why, why don't you? Why don't you disconnect, Steve? All right, and then okay. try and, and and hit the thing again. Link it up and see if we can get you back on. Yep. And while while uh, you're doing that, Steve, while you're doing that, we'll uh, we'll try to reconnect with yeah. Steve. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell us about what you thought of? We're all going to the World's Fair. Not a whole lot. Actually, uh, I, I mean, this, like I said, this is, I, I haven't seen this movie since January 2021, I guess, is when the film premiered at, at Sundance. And, okay. uh, and the thing is, I mean, this, there's another film that's actually opening on Netflix this weekend called Choose or Die. And it's, it's a reminder that one of my least favorite subgenres of horror movies is like the creepy, scary, uh, you know, like supernatural online video game that goes sentient kind of thing. And, and starts messing with people, and and this one is this one's a little more artsy fartsy in that it is there's I mean there's a lot of shots in the movie that are very static, and it's almost like watching Paranormal Activity at times, where the camera is just sort of you're watching from like from their webcam or something like that, and you're well, watching that's, that's, the person. That's been like a that's been like a sub thing, as you mentioned. There yes. have been a lot of there have been I'm trying to remember uh, there there was the, the one film that was essentially told almost exclusively from 
like the screen of a laptop. You know what I mean? Like it was all right. different. And and I, right. that's not very uh, cinematic. No, and and this one, yeah, and this one is not. It's not like unfriended. It's not like a Zoom thing where it's just that. But there, but there's a lot of shots that it's just where you're sort of observing this person after they've gone on and and interacted with this online thing and whatnot, uh, where they're just sleeping and sometimes they're sleepwalking and you're you're seeing the environment around them and. flashy lights and stuff like that. And and a lot of people are connecting this to the sort of the isolation of the internet and social media and all these kind of things. That's wonderful. But I I think you got to do something more than just put the camera there and watch and observe people sleeping, which is really all I remember about this movie. I think that eventually they, some people go out on the the street and they're walking down the street or something like that. Uh, But I mean, that I, I, again, I, I, I'm very much in the minority on this one. I don't understand where, where people are coming from on this Mm -hmm. one. Frankly, Uh, I, I, I sat there just kind of like waiting for, I mean, I don't, I, I wasn't expecting some sort of big, horror monster movements but i wanted something that was going to connect me to these characters i mean even if if these characters just sort of ciphers sort of representing a greater whole of the internet or something like that you don't really feel anything okay you know i don't really care what these what these characters do with their uh this video game that's you know messing with them a little bit there's not not even that much change in these characters that i remember uh i mean the fact that i can barely remember the movie tells you maybe all you need to know Okay. about it frankly right. but but i am in the minority so okay. you know, steve you're back me. steve you're back i am can you I hear just, me better <laughs> yeah it sounds better now uh so okay, uh, what, what's what's your quick review of uh, we're all going yeah to I, I thought it was i thought it was great i don't even think it's about the game it's about this girl it's about like how she is so lonely and so isolated and bored uh in this small town that she just is literally willing to do anything just to feel like she's alive to a certain degree, even if it feels dangerous or even if it means she has to bleed, literally bleed for it. So yeah. on that level, it really, it really moved me. And I know this was some people's favorite film from Sundance in 2021. So um, mm. some people I, including one of our Sundance roommates. So, um, so yeah, I was, I, I was, I, I wasn't as moved by it as those people were, but I thought it was really captivating. So okay, all right. Well, that's uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. I'm uh, going to be seeing it not tomorrow, but actually tonight in a matter of hours. <laughs> uh, I will be, I'll be seeing it right before I see the midnight showing of John Carpenter's The Thing, and so that's what's happening at the Music Box. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll share my thoughts uh, with uh, how I felt about the movie. Uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. It certainly looks interesting uh, based upon mm-hmm. the trailers that I've seen, and of course, I already know what I think of the movie that's going to be showing at midnight it's one of the greatest fucking movies ever made uh so that's john carpenter's a thing for a full week and we're all going to the world's fair at you know uh, nick Bucks. yeah I'm, I'm curious with the thing if you noticed things in the 4k like the same way you did with phantasm like if you noticed things <laughs> that maybe you never saw before yeah uh it's a different it's a different obviously it's a lot darker and a little yeah but i wonder i wonder if you'll notice things that, well I'll be. I mean, I've I've seen it a few times. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it? Does it, Wilford Brimley still say? Do you hear we? Does he still say? Do you hear we? Yeah, but no. you see his mustache hairs twitch individually. Uh, okay. so. He doesn't have mustache. He doesn't have <laughs> oh, a mustache. Right, he doesn't have mustache. He doesn't have a That's mustache. Right, I forgot. Yeah, okay. That's right. He doesn't. As soon as I said it, I knew it. <laughs> okay. All right, really quickly, and uh, we don't even really have any time for it, but uh, uh, um, it, we, we can do a full review maybe the next time, or you know, mm-hmm. even though it's only going to be an, it would have been out for a week, but we're out of time. Uh, Eric, you're not crazy about the North, man. Um, and it, very, very well. <laughs> succinctly, why didn't you like the North, man? 
Uh, I, well, I, I'm not much on the Robert Eggers train, for one. I, I always watch oh. his movies, and I go, nice try. Um, oh, and, okay. And, I think we're done talking, then. No, <laughs> it's okay. I, I, no, I will continue. Thank you very much. Uh, but but this one, like, I, I think that, you know, there, there are movies that can sort of split the difference between being the sort of the kind of classical Conan-type revenge story and a movie that actually invites the whole identity of a revenge and what someone is you know what that really means you know to, to actually enact that and what the consequences of some, something like that are and it's okay to go half and half with something like that but i feel eggers is kind of going quarter and quarter with with this one and i for a good portion of the middle of the movie i was pretty bored with it uh it's not until there's a big scene which we can talk about later with nicole kidman where i kind of like oh i rose up on my chair i'm like oh it's gonna be this movie uh and then i just felt that it didn't deliver entirely on the promise it, it played out exactly the way i expected it to and uh it didn't really move me mm. okay steve you weren't crazy about it either wait what no oh <laughs> this is oh i love this movie oh okay all oh right i'm God. sorry i'm sorry i guess no, you no, and i no. didn't talk because i talked with eric and one of our other compadres and he also was not uh crazy oh, about no, it. no 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 oh I, i'm sorry I love this movie me too I dude okay movie. good yes okay <laughs> this is the best this is the best live action hagar the horrible movie that we'll oh, ever get i mean okay so yeah no this is this is tremendous yeah okay oh good God. i thought i was nuts i, I thought i had gone nuts all right no i was uh, because i was fully I, I talked immersed to, I talked to in this film. when it was yeah. over. I talked with Eric, my old producer Tom, who was at the screening, uh, mm-hmm. who who was underwhelmed by it, and our friend Peter, who I believe didn't like it either. Oh and so I was like, "What the fuck?" You know, because I I think it's phenomenal. And yeah. so when it when it was over, I was like, "Yay!" And I couldn't wait to talk about it with my friends. And they're all like, "No, it sucked." I was like, "What?" <laughs> what? I didn't say sucked. I've never. No, said I know, sucked. I know, but I, but, but I lost my friggin' mind. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. What? Like you got about a minute, Steve. Tre- I, we no, can no, talk no, about this. I, I don't even need that. I'm just saying. Like I was completely immersed in this. I could feel the muck under my feet yeah. and in my hands, and like I. I, I was. I think the only the only negative thing I have to say is I don't think we get enough Anya Taylor Joy. I don't think I don't think she's in it enough. But aside from that, um, but what she does is terrific. And I think even the small doses of of Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe I think are oh, great. And oh. and Bjork is even tremendous in it. So no, I I, I think yeah. this movie is 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 okay. The best Eggers has done and. I- um, and one I of thought, the coolest movies I've seen this year. I, so. I got to tell. Okay, cool. I'm glad because I literally thought I was losing my mind, Steve. I didn't know because, all those people didn't like. I didn't even know no, Eric didn't like, like it. So. Like, like Tom, <laughs> I talked to Tom, Tom Hush, who is like who thinks that The Witch and the Lighthouse are the greatest movies ever made. Um, <laughs> and and he, at that time, well, it's not his, it's not his boss anymore. But he got fired from yeah, yeah. boss. But uh, <laughs> he was there at the screening. Oddly enough, he got fired the next day. I, it was, I think it was because oh, I didn't, didn't know like, that. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was because he didn't like the Northman. Uh, yeah. So, well, but anyway, but Tom, Tom, Tom still got a job. Tom still got a job. Tom is still producing. He's good at WLS. But the host got fired the next day. <laughs> anyway, oh um, so anyway, he didn't like it. And then, like, I, I go, I looked at Eric, and I'm like, "Yeah, Eric, huh?" And he went, "No." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I literally thought. I, I literally thought I lost my mind. And then I was walking in, and I heard a couple of other people. You know, because there were two screenings that day. There was the mm-hmm. there was there was the, the Northman. And then that piece of shit Michael Bay movie was after that. <laughs> and so walking from one theater, it was in the same complex, it was at River East, walking from one theater to the other, I overheard some other people talking about the Northman negatively. And I was like, what is, he- where am I? <laughs> am I in, is this the Twilight Zone? 
And then, so I just thought, I just assumed, Steve, I should never assume that old yeah. saying, ass out of you and me, I just did that. <laughs> um, I just assumed because everybody else I talked to that day didn't like it. And I walked out to, I was so sad. And then I sat through a Michael Bay movie. Then I had to sit through a Michael Bay movie. Anyway, I think it's, I, I think it's great. I think it's clearly going to be one of my favorite best movies of the year. Uh, Eggers, to me, is a monumental talent. I love all three of his movies. He's batting a thousand. And uh, everybody in it is great. Uh, all the performances are great. And I got to tell you, it's the best thing Nicole Kidman has done in years. And I only thought she was going to be in it for a, a short period of time, you know, mm-hmm. because Willem Dafoe is only in it for a short period of time. And so is Ethan Hawke. And I thought, oh, well, Nicole Kidman, you know, she'll only be in it for, you know, like a very short period of time. She's not. And and that scene that you mentioned, Eric, mm-hmm. w- one of the best scenes she's done in years, like, like literally. It's a great that scene. It's a great scene. Oh, it's my God. Scene. So, but yeah. anyway, all the battles, the effects, the the way it's staged, it's spectacular. There's a goddamn like uh, sports scene in it that rivals uh, any sports scene <laughs> ever. Um, in it, the battle scenes are amazing. I loved it. I just thought it was fucking great, and I I thought I was the only one, Steve. So, I, all right, no, I'm not. I'm no. not nuts. Okay, but you're right. I didn't talk to anybody after it. I think I don't remember where I ran to, but I, yeah, I had to go you ran somewhere to, be- between. No, movies, you. But- yeah, no, you ran to ambulance. We all went into right. to sit. To the Michael uh, Bay movie because you were sitting yeah. two seats down from me. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right. right, that's right. Okay, all I'll right. just say I'll just say the last thing I'll say, Nick, is that all all of the all of you Eggers stands out there who, who love this guy. I think anyone who had made this movie and named their hero Amleth and just moved the H from Hamlet to the back of the name well, would be giving this guy <laughs> shit for till the well, end of time. No, I don't think so, man, because that's all obvious in the movie, and I think there's a lot I of... I know, uh, it is so there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Scottish play in it, that whole scene that we're talking about I, with Nicole Kidman. I that, you know, uh, I don't think he makes any apologies about that. I think he wears it on his sleeve, man. And I have uh, no problem. Like, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Like so, rip anyway. off his sleeve. All right, it opens. God, all right, man. All right, it opens next week. <laughs> Uh, Steve and I loved it. Eric didn't like it. And uh, there you go. So those are the big ones. We will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks with more movies to talk about. And uh, we can recap our love for the Northman next time, Steve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, Eric, Steve, thank you guys. Thanks. All right. Maybe at some point next week uh, when, you, when I see the thing for the 50th time, I might see you there, Steve. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right, guys, <laughs> All right. take care. There yeah, you go. You All right, there you go. Uh, there's uh, Steve Procopi, Eric Childress with the movie reviews. You know what it's time for? It's time for my favorite and your favorite, Esmeralda, Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, always great to hear that funky earworm of a tune right there by the great Jason Skaggs. And it is uh, time for Esmeralda Leon on the Nick D podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. We always welcome to the program Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esma. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad that you are. <laughs> hey, you filled in for our mutual friend uh, and colleague, our old colleague, Patty Vasquez. Yes. On I did. the uh, progressive 820 a.m. Yes. Was that fun? Did you have a nice time doing it? It was very fun. I enjoyed it very much. Um, everyone at WCPT is lovely. 
um, the producers and the operations manager and everybody there, Matthew, uh, they're all lovely people. And the listeners are very nice, too. Nobody yelled at me. I don't know why I was expecting people to yell at me. I've never yeah. heard anyone yelling at Patty. So, <laughs> But people were very receptive to cool. me being there. So that was great. That's great. I'm, and I hope it leads to more, 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 uh, more time on. Yeah, the that's that's great. As long as you don't quit me. That's all I care about. There you go. <laughs> I don't know how to quit you. Don't quit me. Yeah, let's let's do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Little uh, little uh, Jake. Because what year is it? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, very very cool. Uh, and uh, there you are. So, uh, uh, you know, while you were on the air, and I wanted to listen uh, yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Two days ago. <laughs> two days ago. You really just. Uh, you can't really work with today's yesterdays and tomorrows you right. just work with we're, the days of the week i don't mean to shatter the illusion but we're recording this on I a thursday think... uh and yesterday i was going to listen to you i was all ready to listen to to you filling in for patty because you know you're my you're my buddy and i love you and i want to i oh. want to support you in what you do well, thank uh you. i i scored a ticket to go see molly shannon uh live with tim meadows that so is I... vastly more important <laughs> I knew you'd understand. Like, bye, see you later. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I was like, "Sorry, Esmeralda, screw you. I'm going to see Molly Shannon." Um, but anyway, that's why I didn't listen to you. But I think that's a good excuse. I think sitting second row, oh, very much so, uh, watching Molly Shannon and Tim Meadows talk for an hour, uh, it, it, that's a good excuse for not hearing your show. Yeah, you're you're completely yeah. uh, alleviated of any responsibility. <laughs> it was magnificent. I got to tell you. Uh, Esmeralda, I loved it so much. Um, yeah, and, I would and imagine. It, it was so amazing and such a great choice to have Tim Meadows do the Q&A with her because mm-hmm. they both obviously were on SNL at the same time. Right. Um, and I have an unhealthy love for Molly Shannon. Like, it's it's ridiculous how much <laughs> I love her. She's my favorite female cast member in the history of SNL. And I know, you know, that includes Gilda. I'm sorry. But she's my favorite. That includes Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon and all the other amazing women. And there have been... Rachel, shit! I could make, I could go on yeah. for five hours about how amazing the women have been, and how seriously in the past fifteen years they've essentially the women on that show have pretty much carried the cast. They've been the mm-hmm. strongest parts. Like if you watch now, Heidi Gardner, Chloe Fineman, Kate McKinnon, and goddamn Cecily Strong, uh, Punky Johnson, all the women now Sarah Sherman uh, mm-hmm. uh, has joined the cast. The women on that show have consistently been the strongest part. And I'm going to say since around 2000. Uh, oddly enough, that coincided when Tina Fey became head writer. And that became like a thing. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. started writing. They started writing better for women. You know, they hired amazing women. They gave them more of a spotlight uh, than before when it was a struggle for a lot of women. It was a boys club uh, back in the day for a long time. You know, uh, yeah. it was a boys club. That's why Janine Garofalo quit because she was on during the whole Adam Sandler, David Spade, Chris Farley boys mm-hmm. club era. And she quit, uh, lots of, you know, it, it's so, but anyway, the women are great. And, my, and people who poo poo and representation representation matters. Yeah. 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 I agree. Oh God. Anyway. So it was, I was beside myself, uh, listening to her and, and Tim Meadows talk. Uh, it was great. And I, I, I have her new book, which is her memoir, Hello, Molly. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm saving it uh, because I'm finishing a, a book right now and I don't want to start it because I want to dive head first. I'm such a geek. I just want to be completely. <laughs> I just want to be completely. No, that's good. I mean, it's, it's one of your favorite people in the world. You yeah. want to be focused completely yeah. on that book. And I'm a 
I'm a, just a dork. But uh, <laughs> Stephanie Story, who is the PR person, head PR person for the Chicago Humanities Festival, who put up the event mm-hmm. the other night, um, she and I have been work. She's been working for me to try to get Molly Shannon on the on the podcast, and we couldn't do it because I wanted to do it before the event to plug the event mm-hmm. and to plug the release of her book, which was on the same day. But it yeah. just didn't work out because she was on. I mean, look, in the past week, she's been on two morning shows. She was on Stern. She was on Colbert. And then she came oh, to yeah. Chicago to do the. So, you know, like my podcast, like some dude in his dining room's podcast is not going to take precedent. <laughs> but there's there is this, there's a very, very strong chance that she's going to do the podcast. Um, uh, Molly Shannon is. And I've interviewed her before. Um, so Well, I because got, also it's a book. Yes. And you can you read know, it any time. Yeah. yeah, you can. You still need to promote that stuff way yep. after the release. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm determined with the help of Stephanie uh, and the and the and the and and Molly Shannon's people to get her on. And I'm also very close, Esmeralda. And this is speaking of women that I love. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you or not. But um, there's a reason why I don't have my guests booked for next week's podcasts. Because mm-hmm. normally I'm booked. I use I like to book a, at least a week ahead of time. So mm-hmm. for the next podcast, which will be on Tuesday, and then the podcast after that on Friday, I'm usually booked up. I usually know who my guests are. Yeah, it's open because the dates are in flux right now because there's a there's a real strong possibility, and it's going to happen that Suzanne Vega is going to be on my podcast. Nice. I'm going to lose my mind. Very nice. Uh, I so. thought you were going to say Carrie Russell. No. Oh, please- <laughs> Oh, wait I was a minute. Like, what Hold- is she doing right <laughs> now? Hey. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Well, she is on the podcast every episode. She is, I don't know yes, that. every episode. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie I Russell, love- and I love Nick's show. No, but Suzanne Vega, Esmeralda, I don't know if you're aware of my obsession with Suzanne Vega. No, no, I do, yes. Oh, okay. All right. And, and she's playing at the Old Town School of Folk on May 1st. Mm-hmm. Sunday, May 1st, and then at uh, Space in Evanston on May 2nd. I'm going both nice. both shows. Um, and I'm going to go backstage. I've met her a couple of times, like years and years and years ago. And you know, I've stalked her. Like I went to New York. I've been to New York. Like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I saw I her in New York. I wouldn't use those words, but okay. Well, I've, yes. I've told her that like to her, you know, she, you know. Oh, good. I'm but sure anyway, she enjoyed that. And she made a film, a one woman show called, uh, um, uh, Lover Beloved, mm-hmm. uh, which is a one woman show that she did at, uh, and she toured like a national theater tour of it. And she cut an album. Uh, and that now is a film and it played Sundance and I saw it. We're going to talk about that as well, but that's why, that's why I can't plug what's happening next week because Mm -hmm. I'm in flux because Suzanne Vega, I'm not booking anything. If there's a possibility that Suzanne Vega is going to be on. I mean, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's Easter. Do you enjoy the Easter? I guess. Yeah, I guess. I never really We're So in my family, we're very religious. Yeah. So you got to more on the religious side. Yeah, but I mean, then you have to like do the Easter stuff, right? Yes, but it's all the Jesus stuff. Well, that's the whole. That's so, really yeah, what but it's thing, not like that's what, that's what the it's bunny, about. Re- no, the but, Easter I mean, but, bunny, and right. like baskets I, and I eggs. Mean, but, but, and <laughs> the thing is that, like, I don't know where the Easter bunny came in. I don't know where the eggs and the candy came from. But this is like, like today is Good Friday. Yeah, I don't is know it? why they call it Good Friday because I don't either. Don't most people get the day off? Yeah. Most <laughs> That's do. all I know. <laughs> but like, no, but like in, if you, if you are a Christian, uh, Good Friday, I don't know why they call it Good Friday because it was a bad day because it's the, <laughs> it's the day they crucified Jesus. It's not a but good day. But then like, he came back. Good so it's because good. Because then he yes. comes back. Yeah, but he didn't come back till <laughs> Easter. He didn't come back till Easter. That's what he, 
That's what Easter's about. So it's like a delayed Good Friday? I guess. I don't, uh, I don't know. But anyway. Or maybe it's not good in the, like, yay. No, sense. it's like, be good. You know, you know, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, I guess you have to contemplate being good on this day. I don't right. know. Oh, okay. I did not grow up. I went to a Lutheran high school and I mm-hmm. didn't grow up with any kind of religious background at all. Yeah. Uh, but I do know about Easter. Um, but I always found it funny that Easter became about candy and bunnies when it was about Christ's, you know, resurrection. That's well, right. What... It's like everything. It's like Christmas. Yeah. Christmas, Christmas is about is... his birth, but then it's about yeah. Santa, Santa sliding down your chimney and shitting all over your floor. Uh, yeah. Oh, is... wow. Is that what happened to you? <laughs> I've had a bad experience with Santa in the past. Uh... <laughs> Santa did not like me. He did not like me did at all. Did not leave coal. No, he, he left was... shit in my stocking. He took a shit in my stocking. That's what Santa did. Oh, 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 you've been a bad, oh. you've been a bad son. Here's some shit. Oh God. Anyway, uh, but it's but weird. No, I that... never, I never got to do really like every once in a while, a family friend or whatever would get me a basket or anything. But it wasn't yeah. like every year my parents get me a basket and yeah. presents and the what? you dye eggs. We never right. did that. We did when I was a little kid. We did that. You know, my parents did that. We did the we colored the eggs and stuff like that. I'm an only child, so it's like, who? Wh- let's go on an Easter egg hunt. Let just put the one kid out there by himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a very one sided. Like we learned everything. <laughs> we lived in an apartment, you know, so it wasn't our yard. We had to share it. You know what I mean? So right. I'm like, oh God, I'm, I'm an only child, like looking for eggs in somebody else's backyard. <laughs> that, that was yeah. <laughs> and then I've I've never I've always been curious, like. What do you do? So wait, it all, it was never, it was not always those plastic eggs with prizes and candies in them, right? It was like regular no. old eggs that you had died. It, yeah, no, we died hard boiled eggs. And then we would eat, then, my mom, my mom would make egg salad out of them, even though some of the dye would seep in onto the egg. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now yeah. we know, Nick, why you are the way you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfectly safe. The bold pause. You remember pause? Uh, yes, yes, yes. P-A-A-S. That was the... The egg dye that you would use. Uh, yeah. I still think they have it. It was funny because I, I think I, it, yeah, it still exists. I'm sure they do. Uh, because when I worked at Jewel, at the Jewels, you know, I was a, for a long period of time, I was the dairy manager. So oh, yeah. um, I would have to set up the pause display right next to my eggs. Mm. So it was like conveniently located. Suggestive cell, suggestive cell. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And we would have to stop. I can't tell you the number of eggs that we would go through during the Easter uh, season. I would oh, have to I like. I would have to order pallets of the shit. So, um, but yeah. So, pause was the thing we did that. But but you know, you know, we never like I wasn't ra- rela- uh, raised with any sort of religious thing, so we mm-hmm. didn't really do the church thing. And then as we got a little bit older, relatives and stuff, we would get together and have an Easter dinner just to get as an excuse to eat. Like my mom, yeah, my, mo- my mom's making a, my mom's making a ham this weekend. On on yeah. Saturday, because I go and visit my folks. I stay with them on Saturdays every week just to hang out with them and, you know, yeah, spend some time with them. We watch Sven Gulli together and stuff like that. And she's going to make a ham for Saturday um, because my dad's working nice. at the Jewels eight hours on Sunday on Easter. And my dad's like, Oof. my dad's like, oh, no, because first of all, it's time and a half on Sunday if you work at Jewel. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Easter, double time, baby. You get eat, you get holiday mm-hmm. pay. So my dad's like, I'm not passing up that eight hours. My dad, <laughs> eighty years old, eighty years old, and is like, I can't pass up double time. You know what I mean? Hey man, you gotta hustle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my parents, you know, my parents, you know, they they've never really had a lot of dough. So even yeah. to this day, because my dad's been working class his whole life. I I don't remember a time when my dad didn't have two jobs. He's mm-hmm. a total blue collar dude. 
always had two jobs, always, you know, trying to make a buck and get by. And now he's 80 and he's still like, I got to work. <laughs> that's been yeah. insane. No, that's my, dad's, been- my dad's the same way. Yeah. Is that what's your dad? What's your dad? What's yeah. your dad do? How old is My your dad, dad now? now. So he is, how old is he? Yeah. Is that what you asked? Oh, he is uh, 70. What year are we? Oh, wait. We're 2022. Seventy-three. Seventy-three. I think. Okay. He's born in fifty. Do the math. Uh, I cannot do seventy-two. Oh well. Or will he be seventy-three this year? Okay, he'll be seventy-three this year. Okay. Right. Well, if he was born, if he was born, whatever. No, if he was born in fifty, because it's twenty-two, he would be seventy-two this year. If he was born okay. in 1950, he was born. He was born in 1950. He'll be 72 this year, or just when is his birthday? Uh, July. Okay, so in July he'll be 72. Okay. July what? When's his birthday? <laughs> When's his birthday? Uh, 20th. Oh, okay. All right, because mine's mine's um, the sixth, and my parents got married the 14th, so July's a big. We got you know big a Fourth big of July celebration week. for you and my dad and my parents. <laughs> they got their anniversary. Yeah, your parents. 60 years um, by the way this year my parents. Oh, 60 years. My my parents are on 45? I don't know how that's or 46 possible. I think. I've been married yeah, twice. Together either. they lasted 5 years. <laughs> Both marriages. <laughs> no, but he drives um he does DoorDash right now. Um Does he really been doing all the Yeah, he's been doing all the gig economy stuff. Uh, he was doing Uber for a while. He was doing Lyft, and now he does the DoorDash. Good for him, man. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, because he had a he had a, he had heart surgery, like probably ten plus years. Okay, now maybe more than that. Uh, and he can't do what he originally was doing, which I don't think he probably would still be doing it if he if he was able to. But he's a uh, he installed carpet. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that's you really me that. it's very intensive. So yeah. he couldn't, he wasn't able to do it anymore after the surgery. Uh, so yeah, he was trying to figure out other ways to make some money and all the, for him, the gig economy is like working out in mm-hmm. that way that it's like something that he can do. That's not yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like, uh, strenuous. Yeah. So, but you don't want him to, you don't want him to go back to, uh, to, to laying down carpet cause you think you can get me to a hospital. I think I broke my ass. You don't want that. He would completely break his ass. <laughs> he would totally break his ass. Like that's insane. Like heavy lifting. No, I know. Like you have to lift rolls of carpet. Yeah. And he my, had my this cousin. Thing. My cousin. My cousin's a carpet layer. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. They have this thing where they to that has like spikes in it to get the the carpet to the edge. So so to Esmeralda, the... I have to tell you, you clearly haven't seen the Batman. The yeah, new Batman no. movie. Okay, because yeah. uh, that's does he the, install carpet in it? No, that's the weapon. <laughs> that's the weapon that that the Joker uses one of those to kill the guy at the beginning of the movie. How does he just have one? He just saw it and he was like, "I like this thing." Uh, well, that's a clue. <laughs> There's a clue in the movie as to why he has it. It's one of his riddles. Oh, he's the, right. uh, sorry, he's the Riddler, not the Joker. The Riddler. Oh, okay. So it's one of his riddles. But it's yeah, he do with carpet installation. Wait, just wait. You'll see when you see the movie. <laughs> no, I'm but, like... but but but. But yeah, one of those things, that metal thing that you're talking about. Yeah. The opening scene of the movie, the Riddler smashes in the mayor's skull with one of those. (laughs) Yeah, that's rough. (laughs) But when used properly, you have to kick it. (laughs) When used properly. Yes. Yes. You kick it so the carpet like gets pulled. 
But yeah, that's like crazy hard. And he would just do it sometimes with no knee thing. Oh, man. And he would just like, what? What? <laughs> like yeah. With his knees. It's like, I, okay. You got you to gotta admire that, man. You know what I mean? Like admire that kind of thing. You like your dad, seventy three years old, still working, and 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 did that physical labor for such a long time. Yeah. My dad worked like... in factories forever. He did sales for a little while later in life, and now he's on his feet mm-hmm. bagging groceries. Uh, you know, I mean, that's amazing that they do that. I just think that's stellar. Uh, you know. Yeah. I'm just. And a then fat, if you tell them, if bastard. you if you if you say anything to them, they go, "Well, that's what we had to do." Yeah. No, <laughs> no, like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. You know, hey, you know what, you little bastard, you had to eat. You know what I mean? And eat candy. <laughs> exactly, you little fucker. <laughs> I <laughs> I had to work two jobs in order to get, you know, like I went to they because I was such a fuck up when I was in grade school. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the summer between uh, eighth grade and freshman year, my parents were like, uh, you are not going to Lakeview. You are not going to Lane with your burnout drug addict friends. And <laughs> wow. that's what that's why I ended up going to Luther North. Uh, interesting yeah that's seriously because it's religious right well yeah it is but that's not they just wanted me to get away from the dickheads i was hanging out with you know what i mean oh i think i was like get some religion in you yeah they don't that's don't do that (laughs) yeah that's not a big that's not a big reason they took me to the school and said what do you think about this place and i said oh i like it but i was really mad because all of my burnout drug addict friends were going to either lane or lakeview right and but you still my, see my, them. I did, right? but not like on a regular daily basis. You know what I mean? I see. Um, not, you know, my parents knew that because I was heading down a road. Let me just say that. I was heading down a road when I was and like you 14. didn't make any burnout friends at Luther North? Uh, not really. <laughs> anyway, it's a long story. But they, my yeah. dad, in order for me to go there, they had to pay tuition. It wasn't like because Lane mm-hmm. and Lakeview are public schools. And I went to a public elementary yeah. school. And so my dad was like, well, uh, I'm going to have to get another job. Uh, so my dad, my mom was working in a factory for a while. My dad was working two jobs mm-hmm. just because they were like, you are not going to be a burnout. And, and, and it's, it's amazing, Esmeralda, they were correct, I guess, because a majority of my friends who I was hanging out with, the crowd that I was hanging out with, I started bartending in, in that neighborhood years later, mm-hmm. back in that old neighborhood, in my old neighborhood. And I can't tell you the number of times I would see guys that I went to school with who were like, yeah, I'm on my third wife. I got 12 kids. Give me another shot. You know what I mean? Ooh. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, sir. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow. And so like, I would sometimes call my parents and go, thank you for telling me to go to Luther North. <laughs> thank you for making, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, how do we get on this topic? Let's get back to Easter, shall uh, we? Our parents <laughs> and Easter. <laughs> That's what it was, yes. Well, anyway, God bless your dad and mom and, and my dad and mom for working their asses yeah. off. And doing what they need to do and continuing to. That's awesome. And have your dad see the Batman, see if he can contribute. Tre- <laughs> he'll can- be like, oh, I know. That's see, not how you use- Yeah, he'll just go off on, on the use of that thing. <laughs> right. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. <laughs> you'll be so. trying to watch the movie and be like, okay, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> we what get it, it is. It's, it's inaccurate. So, all right, we got it. Like any, anytime, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I, you know, we would watch like a movie like, uh, with my, with my exes. And if like, if, if, if straight talk with Dolly Parton and James Woods came on, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's not how talk radio is like <laughs> watching news radio with me. My first ex-wife and I would watch news radio together and I'd be go, that's yeah. not how it works. She'd be like, would you shut the fuck up, please? <laughs> so Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, candy is a big thing on, on, you see how I segued there? It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I have here, now, wait, let's, first of all, let's get it out of the way. Peeps, yay or nay? Nay. Me too. All the way. (laughs) Um, Wow, that rhymed. 
Yeah. Uh, well, what is it? What do you dislike about Peeps other than everything? Um, well, I don't like. Okay, so they're marshmallows. Yes, not kind a big of. fan of marshmallows. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, no, it is. Um, if you look at the box, it says Peeps marshmallow, marshmallow. treats. Yeah, but they do shit to it. It's not like a reg like a regular marshmallow. Like right. if you if you melt a regular marshmallow and you know you do a s'more with it, it's tasty. If you if if it's like a regular sort of marshmallow kind of cream, like fluff, I like. Mm-hmm. But when you add like a bunch of shit to it and sugar and f- and and fake coloring, it mutates. Yeah, it. yeah. It's like they f- have like a a weird taste to them. They're I, disgusting. I just don't enjoy them. They're disgusting. You ever see the video about what happens when you put them in the microwave? Uh, don't they explode? Do they just explode? They do terrible. Yes, they explode. And they do weird things. It just there. <laughs> there are many videos. You could go down that YouTube uh, tunnel, Esmeralda, if you yeah. could, wormhole. Because if you just type in, you know, Peeps microwave, have fun, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they've really, they've really um, expanded the Peeps. Yes. Uh, universe. Because yes, I'm looking at the website, and there is fruit punch, cotton yep. candy, hot tamales. Yep. Peeps. There's yeah. There are now sour sav- watermelon. There, there are now savory peeps, as if they didn't. They weren't disgusting enough. Right. There's fancy ones. Yep. There's a strawberry flavored, uh, dipped in decadent milk chocolate. I'm sure it tastes like shit. You know, uh, I live across the street from a from a Walgreens. Yes. And uh, they had their Easter candy display up. I don't know in January. <laughs> um, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And there's a whole aisle now dedicated to peeps. A whole. Ugh fucking aisle and they're, I they're disgusting i wish i liked them but mm. they're disgusting no. here's the great thing you know what's going to be awesome about monday esmeralda all the cheap god candy? damn right i'm going across the street to walgreens as soon as they open <laughs> on monday morning and i'm loading up on shit oh. let's talk what, about can- um well i was gonna say real quick what like just n- top thing you're gonna get uh i you know what i'm obsessed with at this point well first of all i love mm. The, the the white chocolate Reese's peanut butter thins. Ooh. They're delicious. Thins. Yeah, they're little thins. You can you can pop Ooh. them in your mouth. One bite, they come in a packet. You can get them for two two for six bucks, two bags for six bucks. Um, and they're the they're they're thin versions of Reese's. The regular Reese's is great too. Thins especially. And but the white chocolate ones, delicious. Mm. So I'm obsessed with that. But I gotta tell you. Have you ever, you know, you know the, the legendary, the classic Hershey Kisses, which are just, mm-hmm. <gasps> yes, they're fantastic. Yes. Do you enjoy Hershey Hugs? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. I like, I really love, I, there was a moment in my, in my life when all I ate was white chocolate. Oh, it's delicious. White chocolate eat, is delicious. Yeah. Everything. And then when oh. the hugs came out, oh no, I was losing no, no, my mind. No, I got a bag in my fridge right now. I could literally mm. walk 10 feet from me right now and grab a, a, a bunch of hugs out of I the fridge. I you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any in a while. Well, they'll be cheap Monday at the Walgreens. I should, yeah. So, all right, let's talk about- I'm also about... a fan of when um, Christmas and they have mint, oh, those mint are good Hershey Kisses and their those hugs. Now they've got, you ever had the confetti kisses? No. They're like white chocolate. But there are like little pieces of little teeny uh, red and uh, 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 blue dots of like confetti okay. that are little candy pieces, little sweet candy pieces. Oh, and they're all embedded in the white chocolate. <sighs> it's called, they're called uh, Hershey's confetti. All right. Well, we all know what we're doing. <laughs> okay. See ya. I got to go across the street right now. Yeah, I have to go. I'm just going <laughs> to camp out at the Walgreens. I do have a list uh-huh. here of, 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 Candy that people hate. Let's let's go through those. These yes. are regular candy. And then we have you and I in front of us have an article with some of the most ridiculous, disgusting candy ever. Yeah. But these are yeah. real. Where do you stand on candy corn? 
make it. Me too. Gets a bad rap. Have you seen the Have you seen the ones where people make it into a piece of corn? I have, where they make a corn cob out of it. Line them all up. They just Love look it. like a corn cob. It's like, oh. I think it gets a oh. bad. I'm glad you like that. So let's say both of us like candy corn. All right, Smarties yes. is on the list of bad candies. Do you I, not like Smarties? Okay. Are those the sour ones? I'm thinking no, sweet tarts. No, no, they're the Smarties are they're little like candies, little uh, disc like candies, very small, and they come in a tight plastic wrap. There's about no. ten of them. There's a ten Hate of them. Hate them. Okay, those are Smarties. Like I don't chalk. like them either. I, exactly, I don't like them either. Uh, Milk Duds is on the list of bad candy. <sighs> you know, I wouldn't. I would buy them, seek them out, but mm-hmm. if someone gave me one, I'd probably eat it. <laughs> yeah, I here's my thing about milk duds. I don't think they're necessarily terrible tasting, but they do horrible things to your dental work. Yeah, they're pretty chewy. They are, and they stick to your teeth. They get in between your teeth. If you've got, God yeah. forbid, you have a filling, you could lose it easily with a milk dud. And speaking of another one, yeah. dots. That's next on this list. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Dots can't stand them. No, don't like them either. Okay. I don't like uh, chewy gummies like that. All right, well then how about Swedish fish? That's the next one on the list. That one? Is yeah. not as chewy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, so dots are like softer. Yeah, no, I know what dots. I know dots are like. Gosh, gosh. You're they're like, like a, softer, and no, I feel like, like Swedish fish have a little more, like, yeah, they're like a more of a bite to them. There's more density to them. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't, don't mind. mind. I like Swedish fish. Swedish fish are okay. Again, I would not go for it. You know what I mean? That's not my first yeah. choice. All right, how you about don't licor- get those at the movie theater? No. How about licorice, red or or, or black? <sighs> Again, I'm not the biggest black. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. No, thank you at all. I I'll eat a I'll eat a red one every once in a so while. So you do a little. You'll do some Twizzlers every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, me too. You and I, I think, have very similar taste in candy, especially so. <laughs> especially the way that you reacted to hugs. I think you and I have. <gasps> me too. That's exactly how I feel. Like I see hugs and I go, oh, I just yeah. get yeah. Um, Tootsie rolls. Uh, nope, uh, because they look like poops. <laughs> well, we're gonna get into that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in this article where they're actually selling, that's a selling point was, uh, yeah, which I probably wouldn't be into it. Cause uh, Tootsie like rolls, Tootsie rolls. I don't hate them, but again, um, like milk duds, terrible for the dental work. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, here's sense. one. Okay. Here's one that everybody hates that I back and I'm probably going to be alone on this. My guess is you're not going to like these. Okay. Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. I like them. Circus peanuts. I, what are they? I don't know. Is that like marshmallow? Is that they're kind of, I don't really know what's in a circus peanut, but oh, everybody... I don't understand the flavor. But do, like, well, what, do you it. like them? No. Oh, okay. I love them. They confuse me. I don't understand what I'm eating. <laughs> they confuse me. That's <laughs> like, like those. That's like those. I, that's why I don't like those Jelly Bellies because I don't yeah, want. But to those put, you can find out what they are. I know, but the weird thing <laughs> is, like sometimes you get that variety pack and they don't tell you what it is. Mm. And like those, but, what were they? What were they called in the Harry Potter movie? The the oh, uh, the oh, shitty the shitty know. bitty shitty bitties or whatever they were called, where you get taste like vomit or whatever. Yeah, but I don't want like. Here's the weird thing: they might taste cool, but I don't. When I put a jelly bean in my mouth, I don't want to taste buttered popcorn because I want the consistency of buttered popcorn. I want the crunch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want. Yeah, it's weird yeah. to me. I just like. Ugh, I don't want that. I don't want it. But I love circus peanuts. I, but I don't. I just don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't either, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, sugar yeah. and some stuff. <laughs> How about fun dip? Oh, I love fun dip. Do you? 
I gotta go negative. Gotta go negative on the fun. Why? Dip. It's just Kool Aid. I don't know. It's like you, it's just you, flavored Kool. I don't it's like just sugary Kool Aid. I don't like licking the stick and then dipping it in there. It's like, oh, here's yeah, my spit. It. It's in. I'm dipping my spit. It's in your mouth all the time. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I don't like fun dip. I right. love fun dip. Jawbreakers. You a fan or not a fan? Um. Yeah, I, I like them. I don't. You know what? I don't mind them, but I don't like that there is no payoff at the end. Yeah, I would like a was, piece of gum in the middle. Yeah, exactly. If there was something <laughs> like the like uh, uh, the, the 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 Tootsie Pops, they have gum in yeah, the middle. So I don't like the Tootsie Pops because they have that poop chocolate in the middle. <laughs> no, but but they have Tootsie but Pops. The gum that have ones. Gum. Yeah, yeah. No, those are um. I Dum Dums. Are those called no. dum dums? No, no. dum dums don't have anything. Okay. Those are tiny little just blow just pops. The... Blow pops. Yes, blow pops. There you okay. go. Okay. Uh, those I like because you get little gum. I love at the blow end. pops. Yes. I don't like jawbreakers. There's no. I agree with you. There's no like when it's over. You're like fuck that. That wasn't nothing. Although I kind of enjoy the idea in Willy Wonka how they had giant ones and you would just eat them yeah, for forever. days. Yeah. I think that's kind of fun. <laughs> I like the one where you can float and burp. Those are that was the. That was just soda. Yeah, I guess. I don't remember. I'm not a fan of that movie. I know I'm the only person in the world. I know it's sacrilegious, but I don't like that movie. And I prefer the Johnny Depp remake. Sorry, but I oh. do. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's some shit. You ready for some shit? Good and plenty. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Again, what are the Licorice. It's licorice. Yep. It's, dis- no, it's licorice disguised as candy. Like, look. Oh, it's, wait. Oh. It's got a candy coating on it. And then you get no. through the candy coating and it's just licorice. No, yeah, thank you. I agree. All right. Now, here's one. Do you enjoy Boston baked beans? No. <laughs> I don't. <sighs> like, why is that even a candy? I totally agree with you. How is that a candy? Who Here's thought, like, baked beans, I love them. I should get them in a, <laughs> Let's make a candy a, out of it. In a candy form. Like, well, no. Um, now, here's, here's, what I've, here's what I've discerned from that. And then now we're going to get to the stupid British thing. We'll talk about those. Yeah. But here's what has to happen, Esmeralda. I think you need to come over here to my place on Monday, and we need to go across the street and just go fucking nuts. <laughs> Just running through the aisles. Yeah. It's all 90% off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think you and I have the exact same taste in candy. Let's clear out the let's clear out the clearance Monday. But then you know what would happen? We start fighting over stuff because it is <laughs> yeah. clearance. Wait a minute, that's the last bag of hugs. Bam, boom, exactly. bam. Exactly. Punch the shit out of each other. And then the next <laughs> next thing you know. I think I broke my ass. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. All right. Well, those are some now. Now, this article. Let's talk about it. What are some of yes. the ones that stand out for you as the most ridiculous? This is from the Daily Mail, which is a British uh, website and magazine. Yes, um, and I'm I'm also finding out just kind of quickly looking up some of these candies. I don't think they're British. They were just no. like um, indie I, candies. They're indie candies, and I think they're from all over the world. I think some of them are, yeah. are from different places. Some of them are American, but this is just sort of a collection of some of the probably the most disgusting possible candies of all time. It's like, I'll give yeah. you the first one. Chaka Kaka, which is the I... contents of a, of a, it would be like, what would happen if you ate uh, crap out of your, uh, your, your, your baby's diaper? This is what it is. Chaka Kaka. No, thank you. And <laughs> but then they give be... it to you in a little diaper. They do. They give it to you and it, like it comes in a diaper. Oh, but now, but here's the much. thing. But yeah, but if it tastes good, you know, I don't care. I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> okay. All right. What what are some, what are, what what stands out for you as some of the more disgusting ones? The gr- um, it's probably the uh, cat anus one. 
yeah. cat butt gum. <laughs> I, you know what? Anytime cat. my cats, my cat loves to come around and show its butt yeah. at me all the time. I don't you, need to be eating you, something that I, no, thank you. How many times have you, because I, you know, when I was a kid, um, and no, not just a kid, but actually I, I've had cats, I've had long haired cats, Angora mm-hmm. cats. Oh, wow. Uh, how often have you had to go, uh, come here, I got to get this shit off your ass? Have you ever? No. Often, no, you've never had to like. Right. With this one, no. Smokey, um, she was a she was a little bit of a bigger girl. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like it would just get stuck in there. And then she, and then I, you know, my hair is later. <laughs> yeah. And, and I it think gets... sometimes she'd like just eat it or something. I don't know what happens. But yeah, and then she'd be running in circles and running around with like a with a, a chunk. Of, yeah, no, no. Oh, we cat I've, poo. Yeah, if you yeah. own a cat, there have been times when you've had to actually pull mm-hmm. something out of their ass. Not this one though. He's pretty good about it. <laughs> okay, I've had it. I've had it over the years, and that's what this gum is. It's like you actually take it out of a cat's ass to eat it. Well, thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, and in that regard, how about spermies? I'm not into it. No, thank it's you. The, it's the it's candy that's supposed mm-hmm. to, it's supposed to it's shaped like sperm, and mm-hmm. here's the catchphrase. It says it's the candy that you love to swallow. Really? Of course. Does anyone <laughs> love to swallow that? I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I don't think anybody oh, does. Uh, that's my guess is it's not an enjoyable thing to swallow. I've never now swallowed the- it, but uh, <laughs> I would imagine that that's not. Hey, I look forward to swallowing some sperm later on. That'll be great. <laughs> Let's make gum out of that or candy out of that. All right, the one else? I really enjoy is okay. the uh, zit poppers. Tell me about the zit. <laughs> Which this would be Z- good well, for hey, you. Because you're going to get them anyway when you eat them, right? You're going to yeah, end up with right? real ones. You're going to end up with real ones on your face. But this so- I think would enjoy because at least the packaging makes it look like it's zombies. Okay. Or zombie zits or something. I don't understand it. It's uh, if you look at the picture, it's like a zombie hand squeezing the zit. But it reminds me of Gushers. Gushers, oh yeah. It reminds me of Gushers. Sure. Where it has the the center, which I enjoy, even though it's supposed to be you know a pus like substance. That's okay. Okay. I'll eat the zip poppers. The zip poppers are okay (laughs) on your list. Okay. Mm -hmm. How about gummy earwax? Uh, I can do it. It's supposed to like the the bag itself has a big ear on it, and it, and it yeah. looks it looks like a big clump of earwax. Yeah, it totally does. It does I've look seen. like I mean, it literally <laughs> looks like a, it's called gummy earwax. Yeah. I'll every once in a while watch those YouTube videos where people get their ears cleaned. Oh, oh so gross! God. You ever but have yeah, it that's, done? That's you ever have it done? Good. No, because uh, I can hear my ears oh. are clean. Ooh. I stick no, it's, it's tooth, not, you know I stick it's a, a thing in there. It's a it is a it is a it's a condition that some people have. And um, uh, that you know, you where you build up excess, uh, you build up. Yeah, a friend of mine, wax. he thought he was going deaf. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then he went to the doctor, and he they went just to the doctor, out and, and it's a like giant thing of wax. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I had it done one time. Yeah, I had it done Oof. one time, and the amount of crap that's in your skull is unbelievable. It's yeah. Unbelievable. One time, uh, Colin had it, and yeah. I looked into his ear, and I went, "That is disgusting." Yep. Go get it fixed. <laughs> yep. It's just it's it's Ooh. not. It's not for lack of hygiene, you know what I mean? It's not for it's not from good I guess. It's not from, 
Uh-huh. Well, in Colin's case, you know, but like, it's not like I didn't shower or clean my ears, you know, or do, do what you're supposed to do. Well, you're not supposed to clean your ears. No, I know. I don't like the Q-tip thing is supposed to be for the outside of your ear, not the ear canal. But people go and jam that goddamn thing in your ear. Oh, I feel so good, though. I know it tickles you like you're like a cat. You know how when you scratch a cat and the leg goes. Yes, that's what it's that's what it's like. Yes. <laughs> All right. How about box of boogers? I'm into it. It's the tangy gummy <laughs> booger treat that looks and feels real. Oh, they feel real. Okay. So they're sure. snotty. They got like little snot stuff mm. on them. Uh, the box mm. is fantastic, though. I like the booger. With the teeth? Yeah, I will give, for all these candies, very imaginative, but the boxes. Yeah, the artwork. Great design. Great. The artwork is wonderful. Yeah. How about, all right, now this one I kind of like. Let's see if you, if you do. Now, obviously, we, we, haven't ta- we, we have not tasted any of these. These are just based upon no. seeing no. the image, the box, and reading about it. Mm-hmm. How about this? Boo-boo licks, which comes in what looks like a, a, a box of Band-Aids. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is the flexible, lickable, chewy, tasty, edible candy bandages with a gooey, sticky center. So it looks I like I would a... like them to look more realistic. They don't look realistic enough. They don't. <laughs> they, 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 they're supposed to be. What it's supposed to be is like it's like you're eating a, a used band aid that covered a very bloody wound. Yes. That's yes. The, um, that's. I'm that's, into it. I'll eat. I it. would try it out. Yeah, I would try it out. What else? You got? Are there any other ones that jump out at you here on the? Terrible uh, I do discussion? enjoy. You know what? As much as I love gravy, I don't know if I'd be into the gravy candy. See, and it tastes like gravy. That's the thing. Yeah. It says tastes like gravy, mm, so it's, it's like not good it, gravy. It's a strike. <laughs> the, the candy itself, it's like a piece of candy in a wrapper. Yeah. And it's got brown and white stripes, so it's like a brown. Yeah, it looks and white like stripe. old. It looks like um, what are those mints that turn into chalk? Mints that turn into chalk. Yeah, dinner mints, dinner mints. Oh, they yeah. They like dinner okay. mints. They do. Yeah, like an after dinner mint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Although they taste love, like gravy. They taste them. like gravy. Yeah, I'm not into it. I would be into, though, candy blood bag. You like the candy blood bag, do you? <laughs> because then you can, like, and it looks like a blood, like a bag from a yeah. medical uh, center or whatever. It does. It's it looks kind like of fun because then you're just like. It, it looks like you can hang it from the from from uh, the thing that holds your IV. You can hang yeah. it up, and uh, freak and people I, out. I do love this. It says blood type X candy blood, but I do <laughs> I, I do love that it says artificially flavored. Oh shit! It's not real blood. <laughs> Doesn't taste like blood. Doesn't. It's not real <sighs> blood. Oh, man, that's disappointing. How about white chocolate maggots? Mmm. I would be worried to actually eat a real one. Yeah. And it's tasty. Like accidentally, it's, but... for some reason, they would be in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. You could be fooled by these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it said, but I love it. It says on the package, Esmeralda. It says, first of all, it's got like, you know, like a very happy maggot reading a book with glasses on. Yeah, very studious maggot. A, a studious underwater <laughs> maggot. Um, but it says, this is the catch. This is, this is what entices you, Esmeralda. It's mm-hmm. tastier than your average maggot. Oh well, <laughs> I've been looking for a uh, alternative. In that case, oh, it's tastier so this, than your f- average. I don't maggot. understand this container because they are. It's an underwater scene. Are maggots an underwater animal? Like, um, I always thought that they were just like when someone died, they would appear. I thought they yeah, were like underground. Rotting well, things. I thought they were underground, like worms. 
I get. I mean, this is they're having a vacation. One of them's in in a scuba. I know it's a weird snorkeling. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, it's very very weird. Uh, I don't know. All right, what else you got? Um, I don't understand the onion rings. Yeah, they're they what taste. Is it? It's it's like little mints that taste like onions. Oh, why, why, what is that? Why? No, thank you. Why? I don't. Yeah, I don't need that. Now, here's, you know what, you know, one of the uh, sort of like vitamin supplements that I take every day because I have Mm -hmm. high blood pressure Mm -hmm. and one of the things that's good for your blood pressure is garlic. Um, Yeah. It it lowers your blood pressure. It's good for you. So every, every, every morning I take a garlic supplement Mm. um, every day and uh, getting that, and I love garlic, but Mm -hmm. getting that down, getting that water in my mouth and swallowing it as quickly as possible is, is, is a goal of mine because keeping it in my mouth. Uh, is relatively disgusting because it's like it tastes like a garlic <laughs> mint. So yeah. oh wow, it tastes it's like garlic. Not, uh, like, encapsulated? No, it's like a what I have is like a it's a pill. Oh. You know, it's like an aspirin. It's like a it's like a thicker version of an aspirin, a white pill. <clears throat> and you put it in your mouth, and immediately, as soon as you when you open the bottle, you can smell garlic. Garlic. Yeah, and then you put it in your mouth, and I, I like I swig it as quickly as possible when I take it. <laughs> Uh, but I can't imagine voluntarily buying something just like that in onion flavor. Yeah, I'm not into it. Mints no. are not supposed to not make your mouth taste nice. I agree. How about this one, Esmeralda? Uncle mm-hmm. Ernie's um, uh, uh, human remain ashes from the crematorium. Ernie's, U-R-N-I-E. Yeah, see? <laughs> Ernie, because it's an urn. See, they put dead body, they put ashes in an urn. Ernie. Get it? I would be I would be scared to uh, choke because they're like ashes. Yeah. So it's very dry. I I'd agree. Be worried. I w- that's like, not something that. Well, maybe it's like that, that. Maybe it's like fun dip. No, but it's in a tube, so that means you just down that sucker. Oh no, no way, nah. I'm out, How about out. the uh, Thanksgiving gumballs? And I've had candy that t- and and soda like pop that tastes like the mm-hmm. turkey dinner. And like, does it? It does. It's disgusting. Like one is bottle. Of, like... They have different bottles of pop that you can get. I can't remember what the company is. Somebody would know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know, by the is way, you Jones? can send us. Send us. It's Jones. There you go. Yeah. By the way. Uh, by the <laughs> way, send us. Send us emails anytime you want. Nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. Nickdpodcast at gmail dot com with anything uh, that hits your mind or voicemails as well. Seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. And they're disgusting. The pop that tastes like. Uh, uh, that tastes like uh, Thanksgiving. How about meatball mm-hmm. meatball bubble gum? So from what I looked that one up, I don't think it tastes like meatballs. It just feels like it, which is not, It's it sounds unsettling. Yeah. Because <laughs> meat has a, uh, it has a texture. It does. I don't want my meat. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. So I don't know. Well, some of these things are are just disgusting. Um, are you planning on no, so so when do we so what time are you coming over on Monday so that we can raid the Walgreens? What time does the Walgreens open? Seven o'clock. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be there camped out. That's right, man. Out there, just banging on the door. Come on, we got our masks on. Let us in. So like I need the candy. Uh, well, have a have a lovely uh, Easter, whatever you do on Easter. Uh, yeah, uh, you too. Enjoy that ham. My mom's making a ham on Saturday. We're gonna. There's nothing like nice. ham and spenguli because, well, that's basically oh. two hams. Wait a minute. That's basically oh. two hams. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would like that, by the way. Rich I, would think everyone enjoyed that. Of course. 
Uh, so have a great holiday. And again, uh, when the next time we tape, uh, which well, next time we do a show, which will be Tuesday, the guest mm-hmm. might be Suzanne Vega. Oh man, that's exciting. You, you'll know if I'm crying when I when when we right. when we start recording, and I'm just going, "Hi, Esmeralda, how are you?" <laughs> oh, man, that's good crying. That's good fake yeah. crying, Esmeralda. That's and then. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get your way when that happens? Uh, no, that's usually after. Oh, right. So okay. when you've been crying and then like you have to like you're trying to get your way, you're just like, <gasps> and then you have that happening because you cried so much. <laughs> do you remember this little kid? Yeah. You ever see little kids? They do that. They go. They can't. <gasps> and then. <gasps> yeah, they try to talk and they're. <gasps> and they can't even yeah. breathe. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, listen. Have a great uh, Easter, uh, Azrella. Thank you. And you everybody too. have a fantastic yes. uh, Easter. Everyone, everyone enjoy their bunnies enjoy, and candy. Enjoy your bunnies. Enjoy your uh, in, enjoy you know the the religious aspect of it. Whatever you do to celebrate yes. uh, Easter, have a great one. And join us again on Tuesday uh, for uh, my dad's joke. He'll be telling jokes yeah. as normally. And uh, Esmeralda, you and I will talk. We'll talk about what we did over the weekend and how mm-hmm. we raided the uh, and almost killed yeah. people getting candy at the Walgreens. <laughs> Yes. K- killing people for hugs. That's what the that's what the <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Be a part of the it Nick D podcast. So heartwarming. It does, doesn't it? Be a part of the Nick D podcast. Uh voicemail 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. He's in Houston having a great time living there. He's on Facebook. He's the guy who does all the themes and the music, and he's unbelievably talented. My main man, Ed, at Radio Misfits. He's the best. Thank you for everything you do, Ed. Uh, RadioMisfits.com. Check out all the incredible uh, podcasts that are available at Radio Misfits. And rate and review us on any platform. Uh, Please take the time. Rate us. Review us. Give us some feedback on uh, RadioMisfits.com. There are some comment sections that you can leave. And whatever format you use, leave us uh, a rating and reviewing. And uh, we will be back on uh, Tuesday for another edition of the Nick D Podcast. And uh, thank you so much for listening. 